Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Rundown. We are in season two, and you know, uh, like this week has been my week. I've I've got the opportunity to interview a really good friend of mine, Wagner Nolasco. I get the same opportunity to interview a very dear friend of mine today, Patrice Bobel Miles, who I have gotten to know and love love the authenticity. So you guys are going to dig this conversation, but let me turn it over to Patrice so she can introduce herself and tell us who she is and why she's so stinking fabulous. Okay. So it's not going to be a big secret that I just absolutely love Shannon Robnett, but (laughs) my name is Patrice Bobo Miles and I do a couple of different things. I've been a mortgage loan originator uh, for 25 years. And so, you know, certainly we can talk about what is going on in our market right now. Um, About a year ago, I became an investor. So I became a landlord about a year ago. So buy and hold investor. Um, I have long-term renters in my property and and, and it's been a really um, great experience. Now, why it took me that long, of course, you know, that's its own other story, right, Shannon? Um, We're going to get into it. And I am also a prosperity strategist and mentor. So in in that capacity and through my company, uh, Keep Up a Miles Collective, uh, I mentor and work with clients to help them work through money blocks and money traumas. And in doing so, you know, we we really tap into what are the emotions that are are ruling how you overspend, um, oversave, um, and just really don't have a real uh, clarity in how to move with your money, um, have your money work for you and grow with your money. So really work hard on that. And then we start to, you know, build that foundation, um, a firm financial foundation to, to help them move forward uh, in their mon- money goals. So we, we've talked about this a lot, you and I offline, and not just today, but I mean, I think we've had a half a dozen conversations about this. And, and one day it's the conversation about why maybe you are your perfect candidate to be your first client in your prosperity business and get that unblocked. And then I'm calling you and you're like, oh my God, you have money trauma, honey. And then, you know, this is, these are the conversations we have. And I honestly, I had things that made me sick when I thought about them with money, but I didn't think I had money trauma. Now in 2008, nothing was going good for anybody, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and when we look back at that, that caused a lot of life events for a lot of people. And now we're starting to see some of that as we move forward. But, but what is it that, I mean, what is it? we, We hear about trauma like that all the time with relationships or with, you know, parenting trauma or childhood trauma, but what is it, how does it manifest in the money trauma in your business world? How does that happen in your business life? You know, interestingly enough, the money, the, the, the mismanagement, I guess, um, is the best way to say it. So the mismanagement of money is like, um, 
the actualization uh, of what the trauma is. Uh, you know, because a lot of people want to talk about, you know, money's a tool. You know, there's no emotion attached to your money. You should just be able to look at the numbers and make this decision. And here are these strategies to save. And here are these strategies to pay off your debt. And here are these strategies to invest and grow your wealth and save for retirement and, you know, do all of these things. But the long and the short of it is your money is a relationship. I, and it's a relationship like a marriage, like yeah. a partnership. You know, you have a like relationship. We break up all the time, me and my money. <laughs> yeah, me and my money used to break up quite a bit too. It was kind of toxic. <laughs> I but, but you know, that, that's guy. the case though. That's the case. It, it, it is. It, it's an emotional thing. And, you know, I could go back and, and tell you my money tales um, because I came to this end of it after working through my own crap. Yeah. Um, working through, you know, the guilt and the shame and, and all that it was, um, the money infidelity in my marriage. Um, and, you know, the first time I said that where somebody looked at me and went, oh, and I said, I want you to think about that because what is an infidelity? It's the uh, breaking of a trust. There you go. Thank you right? for helping me out with that. Welcome. But the infidelity is a breaking of a trust. And so, you know, what are some simple ways to do that? Um, Let's say you decide to open charge accounts, but you have the bill sent to another address so your spouse number knows they exist. Guilty. Yeah, yeah. Let's say, you know, I you, you go shopping every week, seven days, five days, and you hide the bags in your trunk and you wait for your spouse to leave the house. And you carry it all in and you take off the tags and you hang it up and you take the shoes out of the box and you put them in the closet and you put the handbags where they go. And then you discard all of that stuff. Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, when your spouse finally, when you finally let them in on that, that's a huge betrayal. I yeah. mean, it's a financial betrayal of trust. Yeah. It's a big you know, deal. But where does that come from? I mean, it, 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 here you have people that in every other aspect of their life, right? They're not lying to their spouse. They're not, they're not down at the bar, you know, trying to find somebody else. They're not doing all the other things. But this is still, when you point it out like that, this is still cheating. This is, is still, cheating. this is still doing that. Where does that come from? Because you take a normal person who would never in a million years, do that to their partner, but this is part of their life. How, but where does that come from? Why does that happen? You know, it can come from a lot of places. And, and you know, my story and working with some of my clients, some of it goes back to, you know, financial literacy is not necessarily taught, right? So we pick up money habits by what we see, but we have to realize that we're seeing that through the lens of a child, Right. Um, and so you kind of see what you see and you interpret what you think you interpret. Growing up, you know, I grew up in a, a middle-class military family. Um, didn't walk for a whole lot, honestly. Um, we were kind of spoiled and we're fortunate in, in that respect. So, you know, when I got married and I got married young, I was 22 when I got married. I mean, my husband and I literally, we didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Right. Um, like a lot of couples yeah. starting out that yeah. young, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I've thought about it because, Shannon, I've been asked this question a lot of times. And, and you know, there, there came a part um, with, again, 
growing up and, and it was kind of like, I, when I turned 16, I got a car, you know, when it was time to, to, to start school, we went school clothes shopping. You know, right. I always had new clothes to start school. Right. I needed 20 bucks to go hang out at the mall. It was like, Hey, can I have 20 bucks? And I just get 20 bucks and go to the mall. And I understand how fortunate it is to grow up like that. Yeah. So to go from that to, you know, having to work a full-time job, living with my husband, we're now adulting, you know, um, and there was also part of me that lost a sense of who I was, especially after we had our our first kid, I was 24. And so I became, you know, my husband's wife and I became my child's mother. And somewhere along the line, I forgot who I was as an individual. And so some of it was trying to um, fill what that void was. And some of it was, you know, I work in this house too. I I contribute to to pay the bills. So if I want to do a little shopping because I want to do a little shopping, leave me the hell alone and let me do it. I'm a spender. My husband's a saver. Yes, I I knew that. (laughs) Did you know that? I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I've had the pleasure of meeting Mike a couple of times. I know that. Yes. And, and so, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it's different layers, whether you're, you're spending from a place of, you know, like I was, I was trying to fill a void. Um, how about a place of fear? Um, yeah. a, you know, a place of scarcity. Yeah. Um, so there are so many things that can tie into to what that is. Um, and, and nine times out of 10, you are using your money, you're using your credit. Um, to fill something that you feel is missing in you. And so it's the treat yourself mentality, yeah. right? Because there's a high when you go shopping. It's that instant gratification. Um, you know, and I was talking to one of my clients recently and I said, you know, it's kind of like being an alcoholic. You know, you, you're not going to drink anymore, but then you do. Right. And it feels good that first drink and then you wake up the next morning. Right. And right. then the cycle repeats itself. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate the term retail therapy. Uh, that's one of the worst terms anyone could have ever created. So, uh, you know, it is really getting a hold of, of number one, your emotions, really looking in the mirror and figuring out. And then number two, breaking a lot of really bad habits and creating new habits, better habits to replace those. You know, and that's, and that's one of the things that I look at, you know, out of the fear, you know, I remember, and, and I use this uh, story quite a bit uh, where my son, when it came time to buy his first house, he didn't want to because he saw what his mother and I went through when the downturn happened in 08 and all of our, all of his friends, their parents were losing their house because everybody we knew was in construction. Right. Mm-hmm. And here you've got these traumatic issues as a child and they, they played out there. And I remember sitting there thinking, wow, my son has this trauma, not realizing I had some of it in my own life. Right. And and I see that now as and and unfortunately, mine didn't manifest when things were terrible. Mine is manifesting that things are great. Right. And and just to be honest, guys, we've talked a lot about this offline. So I'm going to bring it up right now because I'm getting a therapy session and y'all got to listen to it. But the reality is, I mean, I'm having a real issue. I'm looking at the price of mayonnaise in the store. Right because I want to make sure I get the best possible deal. And what I don't realize is that I just spent 30 minutes of my time saving $14 clipping coupons and my billable rates slightly more than that. 
right? Mm-hmm. It, it, and, I, and I walk out of the store and I'm sitting there going, I don't have enough time in my life, but I just saved $13.73. And it's just like that. I feel terrible because I wasted my time based on a habit that's infiltrated my life based on an experience that I had 14 years ago mm-hmm. that has completely reshaped my life. But there's an underlying feeling. There's an underlying something here that just makes me hurt, you know, just makes me cringe. I was talking with another gentleman today and they were talking about a, a deal that went south and they lost their earnest money. And I just got sick in my stomach because I know that feeling, you know, I've done that deal. I don't think anybody that's been in real estate for a while has not had their earnest money uh, forfeited at some point, but it just, it physically made me ill. And, you know, you, you, you wonder how something that is just, it's just money. Patrice, you know me, I'm not, I'm not a person that puts all of his value in money, but yet it's such a part of my life that when these things happen, I feel physical things over an inanimate object that I'll give the, if you need, if you need hundred bucks, I got a hundred bucks for you. If you need help getting your car fixed, I will, I'm the guy that will help you. But at the end of the day, it's still tied into my spirit and all of mine is negative. I don't have any positive, right? I don't have, I don't have any money elations, you know? So what is it that you feel you're going to lose? Or is it just that it's not so much the money, but it's a sense of I failed somewhere? You know, I don't know if it's the fact that I failed and then I had to get tight with money. Uh, Whereas before, you know, things were fine. I didn't care what we'd spent on the grocery bill. I didn't care what that jacket cost or you know, what the, what the meal cost or whatever. And then when we went to not having anything, you know, nine and 10, nobody had anything, right? <laughs> we went to that space and now we got to pinch absolutely every penny, you know, um, that, that we, we kind of get off track on that, that we forget that there's a time to do that. And not that you always have to be physically responsible and not that you can always afford to not be physically responsible, fiscally responsible, right? But at the same time, there was that part of me that I look at it and I think, you know, honestly, I think the fact that I, I mean, I was 32 years old. I had a balance sheet with, uh, at about, I don't know, 28, $29 million, right? I mean, life was pretty good, you know, that I had a huge reversal of fortune Things have swung back the other way, but the reality was maybe it's the guilt of having that and not having saved it so that I could keep it for when I needed it to protect my kids, you know, but that has influenced decisions I make now. And I can't find an example of where it's been positive. Look at that that guilt and fear. What are those? They're emotions. Well, yeah. Guilt and fear. Yeah. And, And so, you know, So now you are overcompensating to the point that you're not necessarily moving forward in some aspects of what your financial journey is. Right. And I'm not saying you're not making smart decisions because I know you. (laughs) I mean, I know you. 
but back. It's still, but it's still jaded. Uh, well, and it may always be jaded. I mean, let's. I was in the real estate industry in 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 two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I mean, I, I lived through all that, right? Um, yeah. Hell, we almost lost our house. Yeah. Um, I, I've made more money than than some people have lost before, yeah. and so to end up in a position that that the market crashed and the money wasn't there yeah. to support us through what that was, and you know, at that point in time. Um, because my husband and I were so different and how we looked at money, you know, we don't, we didn't have joint accounts. He wasn't on any of my credit stuff. I wasn't on any, any his, with the exception of the house. That was it. Yeah. Cars were in my name. Credit cards were in my name. Um, you know, with what I do for a living, I made substantially more money than he did. Um, and, and so when that happened, you know, where's the, here's the guilt. Right. Right. Here come the here come the notices. Here's the failure. Here's the embarrassment. Yes. Yeah. So let's take what we learned. So we got the money trauma, right? And we're standing here looking at a future that has quite a bit of uncertainty in it, right? It does. It's in no way the same as 2008, but you know, we just celebrated uh or just had a remembrance for September 11th and and there was, you know, that trauma that happened in our lives. And, and, you know, you look back on it and there's been eight or 10 traumas that have happened in our lives, you know, COVID working backwards. I mean, you know, COVID shut everything down and then, then there's always insecurity, but we're standing here now and interest rates are climbing and, and housing is slowing down and mortgages are slowing down. And tell me, you don't feel some of the things like your spidey senses are going, Hey, remember 08, remember 08, remember 09. Oh, absolutely. What are you but, but it would be human today? if you didn't. What are you telling yourself today? Because that, that, that remember that, that everything that you experienced there is coming forward. How do you, how do you work through this and stay in front of it and not get overwhelmed by the past coming back and going, remember me. Are you a smarter person today than you were then? I would like to think I am. Are you making better decisions today than you were then? I would like to think I am. Have you put aside um, a good bit of money? So if it... That answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> because I remember oh wait. And, and, and but, but that's all you can do. Because you're never yeah. going to forget oh wait. You're I'm right. never going to forget... Right. What that felt like Yep. when I got the, well, you know, you, we can foreclose on your home or you, or, or you can do a, a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Yeah. I'm never going to forget what that no. feels like. No, you know, no. I'm never going to forget being sued in court for a credit card that I couldn't pay on. Right. I'm never going to forget what that feels like, right. but in not forgetting, I'm also not making the same mistakes. Right. So when you're working with people and you've, I mean, is that how you deal with the trauma is to look at what, try to figure out what caused the trauma and then try and set up the opposite action that will allow you to rest assured that you're not going to wind up in the same situation? Is that, is that how you? You know, every, it's, it's every person's different. Um, and I will tell you, you know, when I'm, when I'm working with my clients, I tell them my money story and no, I'm not going to tell it today, but I, you know, I tell them what my money story is because they need to recognize that 
I'm a no judgment zone. I am a judgment free zone. That is a truth, true fact, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this woman, I guarantee you, she will not judge you. Mm-mm. No, she, because if it could have been done, crap, I did it. She's not going to let you pull crap, but if, you know, no, she won't. Definitely be a shoulder to cry on. And that's for sure. But, you know, so that's part of it. And as they're writing their stories, uh, they really start to see, you know, what affects it. Um, because again, and I've told my story, but I got more clarity when I wrote my story, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I can go back and read it <laughs> every once in a while because the habits are bad habits. Um, and in some instances that instant gratification you get, that's a high, like you, you can't, you know, if I find, uh, if I find a Louis bag on sale, you know, and it's, it's $300 as opposed to seven, you know, there was a point in time when I go, Oh, it's on sale. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I have handbags in my, in my closet. I don't need yeah. another Louis. I don't yeah. need another coach. Yeah. So that in itself is progress. Yeah. So it's, it's really looking at what do I have? What do I need? And I mean, need Yeah. versus what do I want? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I had to track my spending for a while, like track my spending. Like, where is my money going? Cause you know, we don't handle currency anymore. No, think about it. Everything's right. digital, right. debit cards, credit cards, Apple pay, Google yep. pay, whatever it is. Yep. So, you know, you click, you ding, you swipe. And a week later you look and you're like, where'd that thousand dollars go? Yeah. Right. Where, where yeah, did it go? Sure. Sure. Um, and so, you know, it, it, I really try to bring it all the way back down to the basics. Like I have my clients carry cash, oh. but you know what, when you take that hundred dollar bill out of your wallet, cause you got to go pay for something. Number one, it makes you think twice about whether or not you really want to break it. <laughs> and number two, you have a tendency to really look at what you're spending your money on. Mm. More of an object lesson that gets you to refocus on it. It does because yeah. it's not the click. It's not the swipe. It's not the, the ding. It is actual currency, right? Actual currency. So when you look at that and, and you, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking through some of my stuff too. I mean, I get to be to a place where, you know, like uh, we were, uh, we, we went to, um, Vegas and I bought a couple of suits. Right. Mm -hmm. And my wife was cheering me on. Right. Like that is such a big thing for me to spend money on that kind of stuff because that's on me. Right. That's, that's something, I mean, I, yeah, I wear them for business, but you know, that's on me and I'm still sitting there going, I don't want to spend money, but I will go out and buy 10 pieces of property. I will buy, I mean, I will be running my credit card up and down trying to get an earnest money to take, right? Because that's business. But then I, I have that where I won't get out of business mode enough to realize that the reason I do this is for myself and my family, right? Mm -hmm. And so while we're polar opposites to some degree, the trauma is from the same place. It is. It is. And, and so, you know, I know, cause I know as a parent, you know, and I used to tell my kids we're spending everything. 
when when we go, we're not leaving you anything. And of course I was joking about it, but my kids are like, really, Bob? You know, they're like, really? Um, But so I I understand the desire, right? To make sure that your family is taken care of. But in taking care of your family, why are you ignoring what some of your actual needs are? Are you not worth taking care of yourself? See, and I have this. Because Jesse doesn't have a problem taking care of you. No. And you don't have a problem with taking care of her. No. And you don't have a problem taking care of anybody else. But when it comes to Shannon, taking care of Shannon for some reason, in your mind, you don't feel that you are worth what it is for whatever reason. Or I can put it off for another day because I need to do this for such and such. Or, you know, I really want to go buy this 600 acres of land today. So I can't see spending $1,200 on this suit. Exactly. Um, You know, I see that. The two don't equate, right? I mean, the $1,200 isn't going to help with the land purchase. However, the suit might help close the deal. It might help (laughs) close the deal. And, you know, but I see that I also see this with my mom, right? I, I, my, my favorite phrase that I'm not my favorite phrase, but the phrase I find myself using all the time with my mom is we'll be talking about something. And, and she goes, but I just don't think we should spend the money. And I said, hey, mom, hold on. I'm gonna put you on hold. I'm gonna call my brother. We're gonna have a finance committee meeting. I, I, I pretend like I get off phone. I, I go back on. And I said, yeah, listen, uh, the estate planning committee said y'all could spend it, you know, mm-hmm. Because it's the same thing. I'm like, what do you want to leave so us? you grew up hearing it. Did you grow yeah. up hearing that? Oh, man. My mom is the nicest dressed person you ever seen that's never seen the inside of a retail store. Everything she wears is secondhand, right? Mm-hmm. She grew up with that mentality. Now, And so know, did you. And so did I. And that I don't know if that's good or that's bad or whatever. But the reality is it's it's just like, you know. My mom felt guilty because the last time she came down to see me in Puerto Rico, I sent her back first class. And she goes, what did you do? And I said, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. You're 74 years old. You're flying all day. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have you sitting in the back, sit up front, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was no big deal for her. It was like, "Uh oh, what are we going to do? And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about people that retired 25 years ago on cash flow. Yep. They're not broke. Right. But here is this blockage, and, and the thing that it does, if I look at their life, they've had all their assets paid for for 25 years, right? Mm-hmm. What they could have grown that into has been hindered by that vision of having everything paid for. So they got it all cash, and they didn't have any leverage on it, and that was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But they could have grown that mm-hmm. amount by using moderate leverage, being smart about it. Mm-hmm. But that, that blockage has been there that has kept them from doing that. The other thing that I see, and I know this for a fact, it's affected their taxes. They have mm-hmm. paid three times the taxes mm-hmm. I have over the last 20 years, actually four times, right? Mm-hmm. But they own everything for cash for there's no depreciation. Mm-hmm. There's no protection. Mm-hmm. And it comes from that. It's an absolute blindness. Mm-hmm. To the facts. And this is the thing, right? I can see the the sliver in my, my mother's eye while I've got this log sticking out of my own, right? Uh-huh. So that's probably Listen, why you have a right. You were raised down. with it. You were raised with that mentality. You were yeah. raised with it. And remember, what did I say? Our relationship with money often stems to what we saw or, or heard or learned as children, yeah. right? 
And so you grew up hearing, and because this is what I heard two things when you said this, you grew up hearing, oh, we can't do that. Oh, we can't afford to buy that right now. Oh, we should wait to do that. Maybe we should save a little more. So yeah. there, there was always the, we don't, we don't ever have enough to do what we want to do right now. Right. And so let's switch it to the business aspect of things. Cause I know your business mind, you know, people don't know how, how genius you are. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Don't roll your eyes at me, Shannon. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell everybody. <laughs> Too late. You're a genius. Yeah. But what I hear is your mom and dad didn't leverage what they could have leveraged. They have paid more in taxes. They could have grown more. So what you're doing in your personal life is you were adopting what you grew up hearing. Oh, I can't do that right now. I'm not worth spending that money right now. We can wait to do, I can put this off for a little bit longer because I can take this time and this money and I can put it into growing and leveraging my assets because I don't want to end up like my parents without you know, with paying a bajillion dollars in taxes every year, with not taking advantage of the assets that I do have and how can I leverage and grow that? Because I still want to make sure that I've provided for my children and my family right. when I'm no longer here. Man, you so are those good. Those are the two things I heard. You are good. You are good. Because that, you know, when I really stop and think about it, that is that is exactly where it's at. And so... You know, when you see those blockages, they're stopping you from reaching your full potential. They're mm -hmm. stopping you from realizing your ability to be financially free, right? And and so when you say financially free, it's probably a whole different connotation than somebody else that says financial freedom is having control of your time and money. Actually, it's exactly that. Instead of having your time or your money and your emotions control you. Mm -hmm. Oh, there I just is, got a big light bulb moment right there. <laughs> there is such a freedom that comes with realizing that you've always been the one in control. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to recognizing that you're the one in control, you start to move just a little bit differently. So, so financial freedom can come at any level once at you any time. realize, once you realize, I mean, you can still be at a job, you can still have debt, you can still have uh, student loans, you can still have all that. But when you realize that you're the one that has the ability to control all of those aspects, to increase them or decrease them, to pay them or to let them default, you have all that control. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you have a sense of being okay in that moment. You kind of figure something out because money is an inanimate object. <laughs> it's necessary. Yes. Let's be really clear. It's necessary. Yes. yes. But, you know, it, do, it doesn't come in your ear and go, oh, hold on to me. Oh, don't spin me. Right? It, it, it doesn't have that control over you. And, and once you're like, okay, Okay. And see, for someone like you who doesn't like to spend money on themselves, one of the things that I would, would like an exercise I would have for you that you would absolutely hate, but you would have to do it <laughs> is I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to like this. I don't care if it's $200. I don't, 
I don't care if it's $500. I don't care if it's $1,000. But set a limit somewhere between $200 and $1,000. And you have to find a way to spend that on you. Letting go of the guilt of spending that money. I can say that would be not fun. It would be hard for a while. Yeah. It absolutely would be. But is $200 going to make or break your um, lifetime savings? Is $1,000 going to make or break your lifetime savings? No. Okay. And and so if it's not going to break your lifetime savings, and I'm sure that there's a certain level of disposable income you have that could take up what that is. We all do. Okay, so so why is it a problem or an issue? It's a mental thing. I, I mean, I'm sitting right. here clearly Which is seeing why it. that exercise comes into play. Yeah. If you don't exercise the muscle, it atrophies. Right. Right. Well, uh, you're like, I don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, you know, I'm thinking about that and I'm, and I'm really asking myself the question, why would I have this problem? Right. Why would I, why would I not find this easier? That, I mean, this is, this is $200, right? This is $200. I'm I'm literally more than that on dinner because I've had it with you. I remember fighting with you over a bill. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but when, but that when was you were because growing up, when you were, let me ask you this, when you were growing up and your mom was saying, oh, you know, I need a new dress. I'm going to go to the secondhand store. Did, did she go, but you know what, Shannon, I want to take you to whatever. Let's get you a new shirt for school pictures. Yeah. Let's, uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, you know, you are the male version of your mother's money habits. Yeah. Well, and then, and then my father's, you know, I saw my father's uh, on the other side because my dad uh, would would spring for lavish uh, family vacations, right? Mm-hmm. And that's my treat, right? I love doing that with my family. Let's all go to San Diego for Christmas and spend, you know, let's have a great week because that was the one thing that I worked so hard to provide was the funds to go do something like that. And I wanted everybody to enjoy it. And Sometimes it was so stressful getting out of town to go spend the money that we didn't like each other for the first day or two. But, you know, that was I mean, so so I see both of those and I'm and I'm sitting here looking at that and I'm I'm realizing that those affect my business. I can't help but know I see where those are affecting my business and understanding that, you know what, we won't advertise the two hundred dollars. We won't spend it on me. We won't spend it on that part of it, but we will spend it over here on earnest money or on due diligence or on these things, because there's value, perceived value over here, and there's perceived trauma over here. There's perceived security in what you're doing over here. Well, that's, I guess that's the right way to put it. And, and, you know, real estate, like everything else is a risk, right? Right. It's in, and we all know markets are cyclical. We're, we're in a, we're in a down cycle right now, right? So, you know, your investment dollar is certainly not going as far as it did, you know, heck, even 12 months ago, right? Right. But it's not stopping you from investing in properties necessarily, right. or investing in developments or, um, you know, syndicating or, or whatever it is you're moving forward to do. Um, because you're still looking at 
um, you know, if we're looking at, at cap rates, you know, if the rate is four, you're basing your cap rate on seven. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And that's where, you know, but you, you still see where you're tripping over this, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and my dad, you know, would, would always find the cheapest piece of dirt he could buy and put a building on it. And then the rents would match, right. Instead of the McDonald's philosophy, where you go buy the most expensive piece of dirt in town and the rents would match. Right. And so, you know, and and when I'm looking at that and I, and I don't point out everybody else's in my life to be, they have issues and I don't, but it's more of a situation where I can, obviously we can see other people's faults or other people's situations more clearly than our own. Um, And probably in all fairness, I should have another episode with you and my mother so that she (laughs) can tell you all of mine. Uh, But since it's my podcast, we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> right. Oh, but that's the reality of it. Right. So you can see this and I'm, and I'm sitting here and I'm seeing this and I'm going, okay, so we've established that there's issues. How do we, so we spend the money, we set the budget, we do these things and we get comfortable with our limp mm-hmm. so that then we can make a decision that is truly logical and rational and acceptable without the without the guilt without the shame without the feelings that artificially manipulate what we know is right well and again it comes down to you've got bad habits and so it's a matter of um putting in different practices to build better habits Mm. i i mean that's it it is this is this is a habit yeah. You know, me, me hiding bags in the car, right? Yeah. That was a really bad habit. Yeah. I had to break that habit. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, conversations about money are hard conversations to have, whether you're having them with yourself. Yeah. Um, whether you're having them with a parent or a spouse, you know, if there's one thing, and I will tell you to this day, when my, my husband and I have to have money conversations, I still am like, oh God, do we have to do this? <laughs> you know, it's just like, really? Do we really right. have to have this conversation? Right. Um, but, you know, it's the, the hard conversations have to happen. So, you know, I don't know how much before you started talking about this with me, you were really aware of and well, so you, until you started talking about it. I'll tell you one thing I've done because I wasn't worth it. And that's really kind of a place that I've come from because of some of the choices that I made in 2008 that caused the worldwide meltdown, right? I mean, if you didn't know, that was me. But one of the things that I have done um, is I have begun spending money on me and education. So I have been spending a lot of money on my personal education, Mm -hmm. on on, uh, I was just last week, I was with uh, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Ken McElroy, uh, Chris McIntosh, Simon Black, uh, some really big names, mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of money on that opportunity. Right. And it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. It's been amazing what it's done for me because I'm coming away with the value. And this is kind of, a, this is kind of an easy thing for me to equate because I can right. see value right? I can see I spent money and I can see I got value, right? Mm-hmm. But what it's done in my life beyond that has been pretty phenomenal. And that's just been in the last year. I didn't, 
I didn't go to classes. I didn't go to seminars. I didn't spend money on myself. I didn't join groups and clubs of people that are like-minded. I didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. But I've been, I've done that in the last year in a big way. Right. It's, it's paid such huge dividends for me as a person. Because when you have Robert Kiyosaki, remember the last conversation you had with him seven months ago. Wow. You know, you're the number one financial author in the world. And you remember having a conversation with me seven months ago. Mm-hmm. That and, and be it the same feeling as a Louis Vuitton bag. I don't know. I've never bought one. Right. But that felt really good. But that right. came at that. Exp- and, and now I'm seeing that. Yeah. Okay. You might be worth it. huh? I might be. Am I, you might yeah. be worth it. Yeah. I kind of think you're worth it. So do I have to send you uh, not only a copy of this uh, podcast, but, but, but a counseling fee? <laughs> no, you don't have to send me a counseling fee. You know, I, I'm expecting, I don't know, a, a trip to the beach, maybe. I don't there know. There you go. Well, you, well, let's let them get it cleaned up. There's, it's a little bit of a mess right now. But, you know, yeah, the other side yeah. of that real quick, <clears throat> Patrice. So, so when people work with you, mm-hmm. they're coming out of this. And they're understanding. They're figuring it out. And they're able to get over that. Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether or not they 10x their income, like your favorite friend says, or whether they do other things with it, they're still coming away with that freedom mm-hmm. to understand that these are the things I can control. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm at. And, and, you know, I'm going to be honest, it's, it's, it, there's always a part of it that's going to be a battle. Yeah. You know, I still battle demons. Yeah. Um, and I'm always going to battle demons because bad habits are bad habits. And again, I liken some of this to, um, some, um, addiction type of behavior. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I'm always going to battle some demons, but so much, at least from, from the work that I've done, which is why I've really tapped into the emotional aspect of, of this. So much of it comes from how you feel about yourself, right? What, you know, what, what is your relationship with yourself and, and, you know, how are you projecting what that is and how you manage money? Because worth is worth, right? Money has a worth. Right. You, you have a worth. And so, you know, it, you know, it, it's kind of, of, of pushing that into how you manage that money. I do a lot of mental work and exercises and, and, you know, um, and, and it's, I, I would, I'm not going to say it's not hard, um, but some of it's not fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I've had really good sessions and I've had some really tough sessions yeah. um, with, with some of my clients. But when we can turn the corner, you almost, you almost see like this, uh, a lifting of a weight, Yep. Um, you know, because again, with understanding, you can start to find a direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what a lot of people don't know, right? You feel like you're in prison because you don't know that there is a way out. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, until you and I really got to have these conversations, I never realized that there was an opportunity to not feel guilty about an indulgence. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, after all, I did make the money, but what if this happens or what if that happens? Until you get there, you don't know what the next steps are. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what life is about. It's about learning. It's about growing. But, you know, without meeting people like you and, and putting thought process like this into place, you just kind of stay stuck. Mm-hmm. So, guys, if this is you, and I'm going to say that it's most of us, <laughs> if you've got issues like this, send us an email at connect at shannonrobnet.com and we will get you connected to Patrice and you'll be able to get all of her information and connect with her so you can have conversations just like this. And I will tell you this, this woman is genuine to the core and you will find more value than you ever thought possible with that connection. So I know this isn't typically what we bring here on the Real Estate Rundown. However, I also know that in our conversations and in our counselings, this has really improved my outlook and my perception of myself and my relationship with money. And I would honestly say it's helped me in my conversations and in my business dealings because I can now help, at least I understand what's pulling, what's pushing. So Patrice, thank you so much for showing up and being a part of the Real Estate Rundown family and contributing in such a huge way to my life personally. And I look forward to our continued friendship. Guys, if you want to connect with this beautiful lady, connect at shannonrobnet.com. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Rundown. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Real Estate Rundown. Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnet.com and be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends, and subscribe. Until the next episode.